Welcome to Direct Impact, where we discuss the various ways our mental health and quality of life intersect. I'm your host, Andrea Epstein, licensed professional counselor, master's addictions counselor, and certified sex therapist. Think of our time together as focused self-reflection mixed with insight, passion, and empowerment. Now, take a deep breath. Now let's dive in and see what impacts you today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Andrea Epstein and the Direct Impact Podcast. Yay. <laughs> so happy to be here with you today. All right. We are talking about maintenance. And maintenance is something that comes as one of the final stages in a recovery process. We want to stay in this stage really forever. Okay, because it is the process of recovery and we are never truly fully like recovered. Okay, there's always going to be triggers. There's always going to be life happening. There's always going to be things that could get us off course. So the maintenance stage is just like, it's really important. A lot of people will find themselves in this stage around their yeah, I don't know, first 18 to 24 months of recovery, if they've been working a really solid and consistent recovery program with that much time, including abstinence from an unwanted behavior or chemical or anything um, that you've decided that you want to minimize or not have in your life anymore. So um, let's start with what are the, you know, stages of a recovery process. So this is how it goes. All right. You've got pre-contemplation, first stage, contemplation, second stage, preparation, third stage, action, fourth stage, maintenance, fifth stage. And we definitely don't want to go into a sixth stage if you're looking at a recovery cycle because that's called relapse. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to stay, we're going to stay forever in that fifth stage of maintenance. Okay, so pre-contemplation, I know we've talked a little bit about this before, but I'm just going to run through it if this is the first podcast that you're listening to. Please know that like pre-contemplation is a time where it's like, I have absolutely no insight, no awareness, or no willingness to look at behaviors or chemicals actually being problematic. In the pre-contemplation stage, you're actually pretty damn convinced that those problematic behaviors are your friends, <laughs> that those problematic behaviors are actually helping you, not hurting you, that those problematic behaviors are the only way that you're going to be able to cope with this thing called life. Okay, so a lot of denial. Okay, everyone else sees it. They're calling your attention to it. They're making you aware. Um, and yes, you're having a lot of negative consequences, but you're not willing to see those negative consequences as the direct result of the behavior yet. Okay, now you have enough consequences over time. And guess what happens? You're going to move into the stage of contemplation where you're like, okay, um, it's starting to get really hard to deny that this behavior is causing some problems in my life. Yes, people continue to tell me about it. Yes, the problems are escalating. Yes, I'm accumulating all of these negative consequences, um, spiritual consequences, physical consequences, emotional consequences, mental consequences, vocational consequences, like they're stacking up, okay? So you start to contemplate, like, maybe this behavior actually is not serving me well. 
All right. But you are still, you have a lot of defense mechanisms flying up all over the place. A lot of minimization, a lot of still denial, um, a lot of rationalizing why you might do it. A lot of, you know, gosh, when I look at it, I really see people going through an intense grief process because they are bargaining. Oh, they are bargaining. Like, well, if I just do this, then maybe this. If I if I just do maybe a little bit of this, then I can just, I can still act out a little bit, you know? Maybe if so-and-so would just do such and such, then it wouldn't be so hard. So you, you hear a lot of the excuses, just a lot of stuff in that stage of contemplation. So they're contemplating like, yes, it's a problem. So it's kind of like they have they have one toe in, one toe out. It's like they'll dip a toe and then the water's way too cold. They pull it right back out. Okay. Um, so a lot of back and forth. So that's when you start contemplating making a change. Listen up, Direct Impact Nation. You know how important routine, structure, consistency, and accountability is on the road to recovery and personal discovery. Well, I have developed the perfect companion for you on your journey. My plan to recover journal is thoughtfully and specifically designed for the person looking to achieve long-term success in recovery while gaining personal insight, awareness, emotional intelligence, and spiritual integrity. The plan to recover journal will help you stay recovery-minded, practice your priorities, and build a healthy relationship with self and others 12 hours at a time. To preview and pre-order your copy today, visit www.lightninginabottle.biz backslash journal. That's www.lightninginabottle.biz backslash journal. And don't forget to get a PTR journal for a friend on their journey too. Direct Impact Nation will save 15% when you use the promo code IMPACT. That's promo code I-M-P-A-C-T. With the purchase of your PTR journal, you will become part of an exclusive community dedicated to recovery and self-discovery. Visit www.lightninginabottle.biz and let us take you from want to to willing and from willing to healing. preparation stage is where you're actually identifying like, okay, I know this is a problem. I know that my consequences are a direct result of my behavior, but I'm still just not ready to let it go entirely. So there's still some back and forth, but you have left a lot of that denial behind. You've moved through a process. You have probably started to really engage and ask for help. Okay, because you have identified like, okay, my ways of handling this and the stage of contemplation are actually like failing. <laughs> They're not working very well. So you might start really asking for help. Uh, maybe go into a meeting, maybe um, engaging with a therapist, all types of ways. You might reach out to a community. You might start listening to this podcast. You might start doing things like that in that stage. You're preparing for abstinence. Okay, but you're not in it yet. That's the next stage, the stage of action. Okay, so you are in action and you are actively working a recovery program. Okay, you are there, you are engaged, you are feeling the fear, you are doing it anyway, you are experiencing withdrawal, but leaning into it, like you are pushing beyond those pain points like we talked about. Okay, like that's what's happening when you are in action the action stage of change. Okay. All of these are stages of change throughout the recovery process. 
Today, we're talking about that last stage. You're still in action, but you're in maintenance mode, okay? Um, So life starts to look a little bit different with regards to, like, you're kind of like (laughs) figuring out what life looks like. Like, what are your goals? What are your routines? Like, yeah, you're clean. You're sober. You're recovered. You're, you're recovering. You're, you're, you know, working everything, but you know, you've got to establish like, what are the things that absolutely need to stay in your life consistently in order to continue to grow, to continue to progress? Because the last thing anybody wants is to finally, you know, through the action stage of change, get clean, get sober, not just physically, physiologically, right? But emotionally, spiritually, like you are sober. You do not want to not go into a maintenance stage and then you become what's called a dry drunk, Okay, which means you've got all of these nasty character defects and defense mechanisms and you're kind of like angry and you're rude and you're uncomfortable and you've got you're not really working on your trauma. You're not really doing that deep level work. You're just in action and you're just abstaining. Right. You want to move into this stage of maintenance where it's like, I'm going to continue to do the work. I'm going to continue to grow. I'm going to continue to develop. I'm going to move into trauma work. I'm going to look at uh, my betrayal wounds. I'm going to really deal with grief and loss that I've been avoiding. Like this maintenance stage is where you really do the mental and the emotional heavy lifting. You really are able to do that very valuable and important work of trauma recovery. Okay. So the maintenance stage is so important. It is so important. It's not just maintaining your sobriety. It's doing the deeper level work that it takes for us, like I said, to continue to grow and thrive and develop, right? We're always working to be a better version of ourselves. We're always removing those blinders and looking at a new part of ourselves, you know, that might be wreaking some havoc on our lives, right? So we want to go into that maintenance stage of change and live there. Because the next stage is relapse in that cycle. So we're not going there. We're not going to relapse. Okay. Of course, it's three steps forward, two steps back, but that happens in the main stage too. Okay. I wrote just a little bit about this. And um, this is what I said. This week, we're taking an honest look at the importance of maintenance. We must actively maintain everything that we invest in, depend on, and want to last. Your recovery is certainly one of those things. Once you've achieved abstinence from an unwanted behavior or an addictive behavior for at least six to nine months, at least, you are actively addressing underlying negative core beliefs at this point. You're looking at attachment wounds, betrayal, trauma, complex PTSD, complicated grief, and any organic mental health concerns. You will move into a stage of change called maintenance. In this stage, it becomes very important that you identify triggers, toxic relationships, risky environments, and hazardous scenarios, all right? So some examples of that would be, you know, celebrating after the win, (laughs) you know, by visiting the old watering hole. Like, we don't want to go back to that. Another example would be taking your cell phone into the restroom, especially if you're recovering from pornography addiction. Another example would be re-downloading triggering apps. 
Um, another example would be deciding not to meal prep on your day off. Another example would be eating in the bedroom. So like poor sleep hygiene. And um, also if you're recovering from mood and food disorders, not a good idea. Uh, another example would be like no longer receiving direct deposits into a joint account. Okay. So there's some financial betrayal and insecurities there, right? You get the picture. Maintenance is ensuring that you maintain all levels of accountability that set you up for long-term success. And remember that it takes around five full years for compulsivity to subside and to safely re-engage with certain yellow light behaviors. All right. Just be careful. In my opinion, this is the stage where most individuals begin to revert to unhealthy patterns or begin to see new unwanted behaviors emerge. All right. That's that co-addiction or cross-dependency we talked about. Um, as discussed last week, this is the time to double down on what is working and increase or add additional recovery-minded practices to your repertoire. All right. In this phase, it is very common for the brain to cross addict or lean into other path pathways for comfort or dopamine. All right. So just be very mindful of that. I invite you, okay, to be mindful. I invite you to identify any areas where you might be slipping or struggling. Okay. And make a plan to address and discuss this with your support system and your accountability team or your therapist. All right. So I hope this gives you a much better understanding of the maintenance stage of change and the whole recovery process. So if you found this valuable, please share it with somebody like that helps us out so much. I can't even tell you. Just look at your contact list. OK, identify three or four people that you're going to share this with today as an act of love and kindness. All right. Thank you. Bye for now. Does anyone else feel like they just earned an extra brain wrinkle? Do you feel like that went by way too fast and just cannot wait till the next episode? Then leave a review and share this episode with a friend, a loved one, a coworker, or whomever, because your valued feedback makes a direct impact. Thank you for dropping in. Snaps to you because you have made a direct impact by listening to this podcast. Make sure to follow us on social media and stay tuned every week for a new episode of Direct Impact with Andrea Epstein. Here is our disclaimer and legal language. Yes, I'm a psychotherapist, but guess what? I'm not your psychotherapist, and I need to be clear that this podcast is solely for enhancement, education, and entertainment purposes only. It is in absolutely no way a replacement for professional counseling services. If you feel like you need additional support, we strongly encourage you to seek that out today.